I don't much care for horror movies. <laughs> they scare my dog. And ooh, and both blue gets <laughs> They scare my dog. He let out some gas. Oh, my God. Sound like a... Start going through a shitload of nightmares when you started your CPAP therapy. Yeah, I did the yeah. first and, week. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's all awesome. it's it's like, like weird. Isn't that weird? <laughs> it's all like facehugger, like alien dreams. But dude, pretty much, it's like it's like who the fuck is on me? <laughs> I'll still wake up and just be so pissed off or like defensive because I'm like, there's something trying to suck my soul out of my mouth. So tell me again how this machine is good for you to sleep. Well, it's not at first. It fucking <laughs> sucks. You're recording. This is taking recording time. You know how much uh, tape you're wasting? Hello, everybody, and welcome to Cult of Horror. We are a semi-monthly, I think that's right, because bi-monthly is every other month, but we're a semi-monthly podcast that talks about horror movies and stuff. horror movie accessories. Stuff. Is it um, bi-monthly twice a month? Bi-monthly... Generally means every other month. We are semi-monthly, so we do it twice a month. I now. think that's what bi-monthly means. No, yeah, literally, it no, does. It we does. can Google this right the I, fuck now. I, I get my paycheck bi-monthly. I get paid twice a month. Man, that's bullshit. <laughs> He's gonna Google it. Um, <laughs> moving on. <laughs> so, anyways, uh, I'm Eric. So I'm Hunter, and uh, that that guy over there, the third guy with sweet, the voice, that's Elliot. He's I don't think I've ever like announced my own name. I'm, gonna no, try to, I don't think I'm trying to keep it. that trend for as many years as I can. Nice. Speaking of cults, one of the movies you're talking about today has a little bit about cults, right? Anaconda? What cult? <laughs> Literally none of the movies I'm going to talk about have to do with cults. Aren't you going to talk about... Uh... Oh, that fucking movie? Never mind, yeah. It's got Are you still in. talking about it? <laughs> you don't have to talk about it. I'll talk about it. I, I thought you were going to... That's how I live my life. I haven't Sucking? given a fuck since 1986. God damn it. So... Peed my pants that day. Oh, fucking shit. <laughs> Off to a bang and start. <laughs> Checking both boxes, baby. <laughs> Have y'all seen the trailer for Scary Stories to Tell in the Dark? I have not. I saw it and I'm extremely disappointed. Really? Yep. It's fucking, it's it's basically the movie Goosebumps. It's yeah. the Goosebumps of Scary Stories. No, that, yeah. It shouldn't be that. It should be like. What like, should it be? Something more good or like an anthology or something. It's Jumanji. But with the scary stories books, it looks it's, terrible. It, it's Jumanji. Yeah, it's fucking yeah, those Jumanji. Are children's stories, dude. Yeah, yeah, they're also like, children's story. You know, like what do you expect? Because I expect it to be PG thirteen. Yeah. Mm. Hmm. I, I didn't expect fucking Goosebumps. It's I, scarier than Goosebumps already. And nah, nah. What was that popular Nickelodeon show where they would like? Are you afraid of the dark? Are you, are you afraid, afraid of the, the dark? dark? Yeah, I th- I felt it was going to be that. I think Are You Afraid of the Dark is going to be like way more scary than the, than the scary stories. I'm 
Like, I'm already over it. Like, I'll see it probably because I have to for this podcast. But I want to. <laughs> I'm more interested for in the work. documentary. We're going to force you. Well, I'm sure we're going to review it. But there's a scary story to tell in the dark documentary circulating, which I'm more interested in seeing. Yeah, I actually follow that one on Instagram. I want to see it. Yeah. yeah, I'm like, where is that at? I don't know. Is it even? I don't, it might not be out yet, but that's probably going to be the way better movie. But yeah. the Guillermo del Toro one—it's a TV series. No, it's a movie. No, and he's—he's he's only like a producer on it. Speaking of that, greatest Mexican. That's all he does anymore. Well, it seems like that—that's what a lot of the older directors and shit are doing. They're just producing and kind of overseeing it. I don't know if it's like they've run out of ideas and they just want to, you know. I think it's more like, hey, I'm fucking. Big, you should do this. Uh, you could put my name on it if you want, but I'm not gonna be involved. Yeah, yeah, probably. Have y'all heard of Dreadful Bond? Dreadful Bond. I like that band. Yeah, they're pretty good. They're like, is it the shoegaze you like? What? I'm literally talking about a video game. <laughs> oh, oh, so it's like uh, Goldeneye. <laughs> Shit. No, it... I thought you were talking about that Portuguese ska band. I am. Not is it that uh industrial one man band? No, Unrelapse. No, I don't know. So Dreadful Bond is a video game in the works with producer Dario Argento. Never heard of him. Hmm? Never heard of him. How does he know what a video game is? Great question. Someone told him something. <laughs> And it was like, ah, I'll do that. Looks, the video game looks crazy as shit. Basically, Dario Argento is overseeing everything visual about this game. Not sure how, but... It's going to be on Super Nintendo's Sega Channel? Yeah, it's, it's, I, I think it's Dreamcast? on PC, actually. It's, it's going to be game. like a... It's, by the way, it's a Kickstarter. I think there's only a Bad. few more weeks left Why are to we talking even... about this? Huh? Why are we even talking about this, then? Because it's a horror game. It's on fucking Kickstarter. <laughs> it's not real. It's not. It's yeah, that's let, let me stop anyway. you right there and ask you if you <clears throat> saw that Michael versus Jason fan film. That no, I saw a clip of it. It looks I, I pretty decent. It. It's it's Australian. <laughs> <laughs> no, <laughs> it takes place in America, but everybody has Australian accents. Really, it's Australian made, but oh, it's a oh, for oh, like oh, for a fan film. It it was it was pretty alright. Yeah, it, I've never seen a fan film that I've been like, oh, that's that's fucking tight. That other Jason fan film that... Um, Which one's that? Like, Don't Hike Alone or whatever. Don't Hack the what? Don't, Don't Hike, hike Alone. alone. That was, I've never heard of that. It was fucking pretty fucking good. This one was all right. It was budget. It was super budget. But it was like uh, Michael Myers and Jason, like, shoving each other around. <laughs> nice. Out of a face, mate. Did you see that they're remaking The Craft? Yeah. I wonder which uh, production company is going to be behind that misfortune. Blumhouse, probably. <laughs> I'm shocked. I'm just kidding. I knew that before I stated stated what I said. I already knew it. For those of you who don't know who Blumhouse is, they pretty much put out most of the current horror movies. Like, they did the remake of It. They did the Halloween reboot. The Conjuring Universe, isn't that? Yeah, the Conjuring, yeah, the Conjuring. Universe. Conjuring Universe. That's Blumhouse, uh, Insidious. But they also do, like, Happy Death Day and also... They also make good movies. They also make... <laughs> wait, still wait. They make good still movies wait. and then they make train wrecks like Truth or Dare. Say what you will. They're working hard to keep the genre. They really alive. are. Honestly, they're I the best. 
I will say this. They're, they're the best production company out right now, despite what Elliot thinks. Yeah, Jason, like, Blossom from the Blossom House production, like, he really likes horror movies. Like, so No, he really does. At least he's, like, doing something, and they're going to be putting out the Spawn reboot. So, and I, like, at least he's trying, like, A for effort. Speaking about Jason Blum, he really does like horror movies. He really also likes B-movies. Yeah, he's like, your movie sucks. He's like, I know, right? It was cool. He's like, I said, blah, blah. He's like, ah, you're, you're nerd. Honestly, Blumhouse is very low budget. It's like, it's just like, we got 50 grand to anybody that can make a decent movie and go. Straight up. Yeah, Which is, hey, that's not a bad way not to, bad to way. do it. We're you're gonna, gonna get oversaturate the market with garbage, okay? And then when we make a movie that's half hey, of it's gonna blow. If you're gonna hit a home run, you gotta swing, baby. <laughs> but, but here's I, the deal about uh, why I like that with Blumhouse. Like, if y'all remember, y'all are older than me. There used to be some really good, like, one-off, made-for-TV horror movies, and you can never find them ever again. They don't have that as much anymore. They have it on like sci-fi and shit like that, or well, freeform or whatever the fuck it's called now. TV as it exists isn't is, really is the dead. same anymore. Yeah, and Netflix and all that. But but even the then, streaming. Netflix isn't funding horror movies as much as like cable was. Mm-hmm. You know, like so we're actually missing out on a lot of that. Like having a consistent channel where I could watch weird shit and like sci-fi shit and horror shit. That's something that really made me stay into horror when I was younger. Like, it keeps you going. So I, I like that they're doing that. I, I think it's needed for the future. But Blumhouse also does the Into the Dark series on Hulu. Some of um, them are pretty good. Yeah, some of them are pretty good, which we haven't really talked about it too much. But that's mostly because there's not really a lot to talk about. Basically, Into the Dark, they come out with a different episode, which is actually a movie on Hulu every month, and they're supposed to be themed around the holidays that uh, they're released. So there's only been like two or three really decent ones. What the hell did Treehouse have to do with anything in March? Arbor Day. Arbor Day, dog. Treehouse was probably (coughs) my least favorite. That's the only thing that I don't know. I mean, did they just happen to go, it's March 12th? Even though, doesn't March have St. Patrick's Day? Yeah. All right, they fucked up. So, Boomhouse fucked if up. I had to, if I had to recommend some of the episodes to watch, Not likely. I, I would pretty much only recommend Puka and this movie I'm about to talk about, which is I'm Just Fucking With You. It just came out for April. It's like April Fool's Day based. The movie is like basically the premise of Psycho, but it's like a black comedy. The main guy who is, I guess, in... A lot of like Comedy Central shows is like the background character. He's fucking hysterical, and he really keeps you like guessing, and you really want to finish watching this movie. But but yeah, Hookah and I'm just fucking with you. Those are the ones I would recommend out of Into the Dark. Um, anyway, so today I'm I'm gonna talk about something that has had a little bit of buzz on Netflix. It's a new Blumhouse film that's exclusive to Netflix called Mercy Black. And So the big thing about it was that nobody really knew this movie was coming out. It kind of was just a surprise to everybody. That's yeah, what they Blumhouse just realized, surprise, Mercy Black, and, and Slender so Man. It's trending right now on Netflix. You may have heard of it. You may have not. And 
I'm going to kind of go over a little bit about what it's about. So it starts with a, a woman who, when she was younger, she and some friends got together and tried to summon what is essentially a female Slender Man. They ended up sacrificing one of the friends to this creature, which they called Mercy Black. And the protagonist, she went to an asylum for years, like 15 years, something mm-hmm. like that. She's just now getting out and she's terrified. She doesn't think she needs to be out. She thinks that she needs to stay in rehabilitation. And she hasn't had the internet or any interaction with the outside world whatsoever. But now she's thrust back into the, the normal world and has to relearn how to live and how to live with everybody knowing what she did. You know, essentially, stuff starts to happen to where, you know, it kind of makes you think, like, is Mercy Black real? Is Mercy Black not real? What it comes down to is essentially it's Slender Man. It's very much the story of the preteen girls who yeah. killed their friend for Slender Man to summon oh, yeah. Slender Man. That's it's pretty literally much just what that it is. story, yeah. And then they just ran with it. Yeah. It was a decent movie. I... I sat through it. <laughs> so here's the deal. It's better than Slender Man. It's better than Slender Man. I will say the ending threw me for a loop. I was like, what the fuck? And it did get pretty crazy. But the ride, I just sat through it. I wouldn't say it was a well-executed story. I mean, realistically, the reviews right now are giving it like a five. I would probably give it like a two or a three, like Slender Man. But since it got a little more creative, I would say I'd probably give it like a five. Yeah, I'd have to agree. Five point one. So since this movie isn't really I don't like to end on negative notes. Like I don't want to talk about a movie that is just okay. that I want to talk about a movie that I want to recommend to y'all. So Eric and I watched a movie recently that is also getting a little bit of buzz which is called The Wind. Now, this movie is pretty freaking good. I will just start with that. And there is wind. And there is wind. Wanted to know I'll be wind. damned. I'll be goddamn wind in a wind movie. Do you know who produced The Wind or any backstory? IFC Midnight. Oh, I, IFC Midnight? Yeah, IFC Midnight oh, movie. Yeah, all, IFC Midnight is putting out fairly great films. You're doing a better yes job no. than Blumhouse right now. I would, I would say that consistently. So The Wind is about two couples that live on the prairie in the 1800s, right? That is correct. <laughs> so how would you describe it? You know, it's around that migration period, the 1800s, where people from the east are moving west and out in the prairie. It's, you know, desolate. This couple has already kind of started their home. And the main character being the wife, she's got some issues. And a new couple that was uh, moving out west has set up ground next to them. And that couple has their issues, and it's kind of escalating the woman's. And there's a lot of supernatural shit going on in that area that they decided to live on. And that's the thing. Like, this movie, it tries to trick you. It, tr- it really tries to get it under your skin and, and get you to question, is this real? Or is this, you know, uh, uh, more of like... 
a psychosis that is derived yeah, from being kind isolated. Of goes back and forth between is there a real supernatural element or is she losing her mind? Yeah, but but this movie does it really well because you have the insanely creepy atmosphere and setting of the prairie in the 1800s where it's just nothing but you in the middle of nowhere in your little cottage. It does a great job of building dread. The atmosphere is fantastic. It's a little slower. I I would say if you're looking for like a heart-pounding bloodbath, Probably want to wait until you're more in a mellow mood to watch it, but just give it a chance and go along for the ride. It's one of my favorites this year so far. I I was hooked in the first, like, ten minutes, which is hard to do for me. So it's probably kind of like The Witch. It's more like Little House on the Prairie, but... With Supernatural. I saw the trailer a couple weeks ago, and I was really stoked about it. It it actually kind of reminded me of, like, the Hilary Swank, Tommy Lee Jones movie, The Homesman. Where oh, it's about uh, the isolation of like young couples on the plains, and the women start going mad, and then eventually Hillary Swank has to take them to a sanatorium. Oh, wow. But uh, it seems like this would be an instant in like one of those houses, kind of dealing with the isolation and like the psychosis. Yeah, I'm really excited to see it though. It's actually really rare that Elliot watches a trailer and he's just like, "Oh fuck yeah, I want to see that." Yeah, there was another trailer I saw that I didn't think was a real movie. Which one? <laughs> the Silence. I thought it was, <laughs> a, it popped up on YouTube. I clicked on it and I thought it was like an SNL, like digital short, like fake trailer. And because it's like, well, Stanley Tucci basically doing a quiet place thing. And then like fucking like baby pterodactyls attack the car. I thought it was fake. I thought it was fake. And I didn't watch the end of the trailer because I was like, ah, it's not, I don't got time for this. I'm, I'm trying to do something. Do we, do we want to talk about this while we're on the topic? I think I'm pretty much done. Yeah, watch the wind, watch the silence, if you really have to. That's that's all you're going to say on it? I didn't really enjoy it. I mean, I saw it with my wife. She thought it was okay, Uh, but she's able to look past a lot of things. It kind of gave me that vibe of those like '90s dinosaur movies, yeah, and, like or, mixed or, in or with like a Godzilla, quiet place, like almost yeah. a little bit. Yeah, it was a huge just grab at the whole bird box quiet place thing, and then they throw some C-list actors in there. Now, hold Stanley on, Tucci's not C-list. He's not C-list. He's not that's A-list. Fucking he's he's dude, that's probably A-list, A-list as fuck. He's a character actor. He's not A-list. Uh, w- one thing that was interesting, and I think Elliot told me about it, so. Quiet Place, right? John Krasinski made a Quiet Place, and Emily Blunt has a brother-in-law, Stanley Tunchi. They're brother and sister-in-laws. But, but Tunchi's in the silence. Fucking Illuminati, bro. Fucking Illuminati. That's what I'm getting. Thank you. Thank <laughs> Is that you. what you're getting at? Or are you getting at that it's going to be an awkward fucking Thanksgiving when John Krasinski's like, dude, they're gonna, I'm making a sequel to my movie. What's up? Your movie's terrible? Cool. Illuminati you, you, Thanksgiving, yes. I told you, you gave away too much. Should have put newspapers <laughs> That's on the, the wall. That's the title to the Fucking episode. bats, dude. <laughs> Fucking dinosaur bats. Suck a dick, dude. You get out of my house. <laughs> the one thing that bugged me... So, so if you don't know about the silence, I guess we're talking about it now. Eric... <laughs> It was actually a book, right? Yes, it was actually a book. So this is based on a book that came out before the idea of A Quiet Place and Bird Box. Mm -hmm. So this preceded everything. 
but I guess it just took so long to make or they're just cashing in on Quiet Place, Bird Box kind of roller coaster and they hopped on that. But I mean, basically the movie is some explorers in a cave busted open this uh, cave and, uh, <laughs> and these prehistoric kind of bat pterodactyl things. Oh, yeah, so like it's, bat- it's piranha. It's piranha in the sky. It's piranha bat- in the sky. sky piranha. Yeah. Nice. Yeah, solid choice. <laughs> like, they call them, like, Vesps, which is Italian for wasp, uh, which doesn't make any fucking sense. They have no stingers. They, they explain that they do that because of how they swarm. But they're these creatures that developed and kind of, um, what's the word? Mutated? Sucked. No. <laughs> <laughs> Whatever. They developed in this game, and now they're being released by the Billions, apparently. Yeah, no shit. <laughs> One fucking rock and, and like, uh, they get all out. Just like bats, I mean, they're they're completely blind. They have no eyes. Yeah, you know, hunt by sound. So all of a sudden, these are released into cities, and you have to figure out how to be silent to not be eaten by pterodactyl bats. And the thing about this movie and then, is, and I- then. There's a cult. God damn. And then, and there's, then a there's a cult who has cut their tongues out because this is the end of the world. It's the apocalypse. I guess God brought this upon everybody. Yeah. So they have to be silent. Yeah. Wh- Only which, the silent will survive. Which the cult is the saving grace of this movie. It's um, the only real creepy part. I mean, yeah. other than being eaten by dinosaurs. Well, the tone of the first half of the movie is monster apocalypse in like the survival type of I way. would have been okay with that. I, I didn't like that. I didn't like I, it. I would have been okay if that was well. the whole fucking movie. At they all. didn't mix the two well. It was just like all of a sudden they're like trying, they're, you know, have gotten a safe ground and it looks like they're gonna survive and oh yeah there's a cult that sounds like a fucking book it is the book Uh, no no but i'm saying that sounds like when you read a book and you're like oh halfway through a fucking cult shows up this is fucking i hate this book (laughs) that's that's kind of how that's kind of what it is yeah and then it ended and then it just fucking ended yeah and then it just fucking ended uh well so that's the thing this movie's not very good you can absolutely miss this movie one thing that really bugs me eric they did not act like sabrina the, the teenage witch was deaf like that there was yeah. no consistency with that no there wasn't is that a, is that a spoiler no it's it, the girl's deaf the main girl's deaf the same she lost the her hearing place. in a car accident i guess as a teenager so yeah. she has the ability to speak but she can't hear. So that's all we're going to say about the silence. The silence does have a lot of buzz on it, too, right now. Actually, probably more than Mercy Black. Everything Hunter says has buzz. Well, that's all I got to say about that. I hate you. <laughs> <laughs> You're fucking fired. Oh, my God. All right, moving on. Dad to bod, dad jokes. <laughs> fucking asshole. But you're right. So moving on, we're going to go over to Eric, and uh, he's going to talk to us about a little thing. Welcome to Eric's subtitle corner. <laughs> Welcome to Eric's corner. I'm not going to read this I'm podcast. I'm going to give you something to watch that requires subtitles. Fuck. Hey, you like Gaspar Noe films? Yes. Did you watch Climax? No, but this is similar. <laughs> <laughs> so this movie's called Alleluia, which is uh, a French movie or Belgian. 
Bel- Belgish. Nice fact Belgish yeah. or one of those two. They speak Belgium. French. Could be Canadian. I don't know. Uh, <laughs> Who's to say? Northern French Canadian. <laughs> so this is made by uh, the same guy who made uh, Calvary. What? Okay, never mind. So this movie's based on uh, the, uh, what do they call them? The the fucking honeymoon killers or some shit. Oh, yeah, yeah. Lover's Lane killers or whatever. Yeah. Whatever the fuck they call them. So basically this movie has two main characters, Gloria and Michelle. Gloria is a single mother. She's like in her 40s and she's, you know, hungry for love. <laughs> fucking A, man. So she's, you know, her Preach, friend brother. convinces her to go on like a dating site and they find Michelle on there. Well, Michelle is this con man who nice. uh, basically goes after lonely women to seduce them and take their money. Fucking match made in heaven, right? So they go on their first date. And one of the weird things that that I kind of liked about it is every time Michelle is going to go on one of these dates, he does this like little ritual where he takes their picture, he does his little prayer, and then burns it. Mm-hmm. And uh, I that, I think that was like the horror element of it. <laughs> and uh, uh, he just watched a rom com in yeah. French, and he's like, "I'll talk about this." It's it's kind of like that, but uh, <laughs> he goes on a date with her, and she's like immediately in love with him. Spends the night with him, leaves her fucking daughter with him with after like one night. Nice. And when she comes home, he's like going through her. She had gone through her shit and realized, you know, she's she ain't shit. So I'm wasting my time. <laughs> he like takes off, and uh, she catches him and he's leaving. And he's like, "Oh, I gotta go because I need money right now." And she's like, "I got some money. Here's some money." Oh yeah, I'll call you later. And he just takes off, and of course she's all like obsessed with him, and he had, doesn't call in days. And you see her like fucking going nuts. Oh, so yeah. she finds him on a date. With another woman that he's about to seduce. Mm-hmm. And uh, he confesses to her exactly what he's doing. And because she's fucking nuts, she goes, hey, I'll be your partner. So then it's split up in four acts. Each act is based on a woman that together they go seduce. And it tells three different little stories. That part I didn't really like because you don't they don't give you a time reference. You don't know how much time has gone by between the women. So it's kind of like House of the Jack build a little bit? A little bit, yeah. yeah. She's all, you know, down for it until he's got to bang these chicks. And that's when her fucking jealous rage comes out and she ends up killing them. Nice. And uh, and they move on from one to yeah. another. But it's really fucking erotic. It's really sexual. Mm. You feel the tension that she has. And it kind of makes you start questioning, like, who's really the villain of the two? Is it him? For seducing her and getting her to follow this lifestyle? Or is she the one that's pushing him to do all this shit? It has a pretty decent ending, and I really enjoyed this movie. It keeps you watching all the way through. Uh, that's what kind of reminded me of like a Gaspar Noe film. So yeah. if you like those kinds of films, I'd really recommend this. It's a little artsy, heavy on the sex. It's not... A porn movie, it just has, like, its erotic no, moments. It's, it's just nymphomania. Very man. sensual moments. Yeah. It's European. It's Exactly, it's do. European. <laughs> yeah. Because they don't have God over there. Yeah. Atheist. Yeah. And uh, so, yeah, it's called Alleluia. Uh, I think it was on Prime, so I really recommend this movie. I liked it. I liked it a lot. That's cool. It's, so- like, a really cool scene where she's, like, shoving her foot in his mouth and... 
Yeah, I like that person. So would you say if you're in the mood for like an erotic, sick movie, that this is that? Yes. That's, that's what it seems like. If you're into foot mouth. You're in the foot mouth stuff. And for the mothers at home, I would recommend Heartbreakers with Sigourney Weaver and Jennifer Love Hewitt. It's the same premise, but you'll love it way more. It's literally not the same premise. <laughs> I know. <laughs> I feel Joe, offended. Joe, I'd take my European film serious, sir. Oh, oh no, shit. No, no, no. That's, that's the only thing you take Don't serious. show my subtitles. All right, I'll give you another movie that's in English that you guys should watch. Yeah, uh, sure. That got give a little me. bit of buzz. It didn't get too much buzz, but it should get some buzz because I liked it. Like the episode's going to be called Buzz. <laughs> the Pledge. Have you guys heard about that movie, The Pledge? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. It just They just released it on Hulu. College teens horror movie. Uh, it's Pledge Week. These three nerds are trying to get into a fraternity. Fucking nerds. Yeah, and they're like, you could tell it's straight up one of those fucking, like, we're going to fuck with these nerds fraternity thing. Yeah. So they get them to go to this big-ass mansion in the middle of nowhere outside of campus. And this fucking rich, elite, Illuminati-looking guys nice. are uh, supposed to be the fraternity leaders or the brothers, and they're going to you know, allow them to pledge. Yeah. And they start hazing the fuck out of them, and then it turns into, you know, a lot more serious than that. You know, uh, uh, there's, like, murder. So what? what? There's, there's deaths involved? People die in this like college? Movie? Yeah. Can't watch yeah. that. It's got a pretty decent ending. I really like this movie. I really enjoyed it. Yeah. I recommend watching it, yeah. I'm not going to lie. I keep seeing very good reviews for this movie, but... I looking at it, I just have no interest whatsoever in seeing it. You gotta watch the, the it. The whole plot like it. is just like oh, it's very much a like, stupid plot, but it's it's a good watch. Like I love that though when there's a stupid plot that becomes a good movie. Did you ever watch that favorite. movie back? Uh, you know, my, like five or six years ago, or even more Conspiracy Theory, where the guys break oh, yeah. into uh, yeah uh, like a secret society yeah. thing. Yeah. It's kind. Of, it has that same feeling, but it's not. You know. Uh, because that movie looked awful. But it's like that with teenagers. It has its funny moments, and I really enjoyed it. You you watch it. I hate watch. (laughs) So, Eric, uh, is that all you had? That's it for today, folks. That's all, folks. All right. What is that? What does that mean? What? When you say that. Now it's your turn. (laughs) What does it mean when you say all? You got to talk. You got to talk. Is that from something? something. You should make that up. (laughs) Is that from something? It's from... Uh, what is it from? Like, if, if it was like, it was, like, you were like watching something and it was over, like, what would it, what, what would it be watching? Like, if that happened, like, what... Dude, what? Dude, I feel should, like I'm what specifically, right? <laughs> what, what specifically is that from? You're a fucking bully, bro. Kinda. <laughs> All right. You got some some dumb shit to say now? <laughs> no, segue? No, he... he uh, Sarah Plain and Tall. With Sarah, Sarah Plain and Tall. She'll um, cut the kids' hairs and then she'll throw it out in the field and the birds will use that to make their nests. Sarah what Plain is, and What is he saying? It's a book, Sarah Plain and Tall. It's a book. <laughs> You're not educated. <laughs> You're ignorant. Ignorant. Yeah. Sarah Plain and Tall. Now we can, you, you may start going on about my thing. There's books involved if that's going to upset you. <laughs> Stephen King, he's a writer. He's not He's not one of your trap stars or whatever they are. He's not. This thing, uh... Tricky Minaj, or whatever you kids listen to. Your 69er, those face tattoos and rainbow hair. You need to give me a face tattoo. Snitching. Uh, I'll give you a little diamond. I'll tattoo the uh, that shitty Sublime Sun that makes a face on your face. 
<laughs> like that sun, the sublime sun. Yeah. God damn With it. With the skeleton in the nose, the devil. I don't know what's in there. Fuck sublime. <laughs> All right, doctor, you're needed. You're needed in surgery, stat. We need information about Pet Cemetery. Go. Two. Pet Cemetery 2. I'm kind of going to have to... Yeah. Okay. Oh, <laughs> we all watched Pet Cemetery the remake. We're going to talk about that afterwards. Um, Elliot, we you know, just does what he wants, so he just uh, watched Pet Cemetery 2. I'm the wild card. He's going to tell us about it. The AKA. Oh, he's he's going to go into all of I'm it. I'm the deep he's dive. Going oh, he's going to all, even the documentary. Even the, even the documentary. Uh, Dude, really? No, I'm not going to go into that, but the, it is a good documentary. Where can, where can I find it? Where can you find Pet Seminary? Pet Seminary? Pet Seminary. Pet Seminary. That's going to be the title of the episode. Pet Seminary. We're making that. Poodle the Priest. (laughs) I'm going to remake The Nun with dogs, and it's going to be Pet Seminary. The the Pet Seminary documentary was on Prime is where I saw it. I believe so. It might be on Shudder. I doubt it. I I really don't think so. I just wanted to talk. I, know. I just wanted to say something. <laughs> I know, baby. I know. They, since since the uh, the remake came out, they pulled all Pet Cemeteries because oh. like it, they've been on Hulu for ever, and they they pulled it all. Actually, my brother who gave me the idea to do Pet Cemetery too had to give me his Amazon account because he mm. purchased it for like three bucks, I think, so I could watch it. Which is the only price to pay for Pet Cemetery two is three dollars or less. If you can find it for five, okay, but. I'm going to start from, I'm going to give you, because to get to the Pet Cemetery and to get to the remake, you need to know like the original. So in the 1989 Pet Cemetery, the basic plot is a doctor moves to rural Maine in Ludlow to start a practice and finds out that his property has a pet cemetery, which is connected to a Indian burial ground, which if you bury something in there, it will return to life and hijinks ensue. <laughs> that is the basic plot to uh, Pet Cemetery 1989. If you haven't seen it, you're not going to like most of this podcast. <laughs> like, you should see it. You should see this. This uh, see it before you even watch the remake, right? I would. Okay. That said, in 1992, they did a sequel with the same director, Mary Lambert. And I think those are might be her only two movies. Other than that, she did a lot of like 80s music videos, like Paul Abdul and Madonna. And, like, that was it. And she directed these two movies and, like, wah, wah. And, uh, okay, so this is not what you'd say a good movie. Like, we, we did. It's <laughs> not what you'd call a good movie. Last time we did a failed bit of, like, guilty pleasures and what yeah. we liked. And I said, like, Hello, Mary Lou and uh, uh, Sleepwalkers. Yeah, and that, then, that, like, that's in a lost episode, yeah. which we may release Pet someday, Cemetery 2 is very much on that guilty pleasure list. I love some Pet Cemetery 2. I've seen it. More than Pet Cemetery One. When I was a kid, I fucking loved Pet Cemetery Two. Pet Cemetery <laughs> Two. <laughs> God damn it! Well, I thought it was scary as shit when I was a kid, but I tried to watch a little bit in October when I'm doing my 31 days of horror. I, I, I just had to stop because, god damn, it's it's ah, uh, it's cheese balls, dude. Like, th- yeah, it is the quintessential like. Early nineties cheese ball, cheese like ball it's a horror. B. It's a nineties B horror, but it's it's it has some really redeeming qualities, and those I'll get to that in later. But basically, the plot to Pet Cemetery Two was originally supposed to be 
a continuation of the first one where uh, it's, uh, we're visiting Ellie as a teenager, dealing with the consequences of what happened in her childhood of Pet Cemetery 1, where obviously a lot of people in her family died. and then Brought back r- to life. R- yeah, <laughs> brought back to life, and then some more people died. But and it then was hijinks. Well, what happened to that? Um, Paramount Pictures did not want a female uh, lead really in a movie, and so they Holy switched shit. it up to um, the genius move of Edward Furlong, Ooh. who who played in Terminator Two, right? Yeah, I think we can all uh, agree is probably the most shit little shit actor <laughs> of the early nineties. Fun fact. Fun fact. I, I, love this I fact. used to go to the boys' club with him. Didn't you, didn't you kick his ass or something? I'm not going to talk about that. <laughs> he deserved, I could. No, I think you really did. I think you were talking about how you kicked his fucking ass. And fucking, yeah. like, he deserved it. Could have been the other way around. I don't remember. Oh, <laughs> did you get your ass kicked by Edward Furlong? <laughs> did you? <laughs> did he sit on you, dude? What's the deal? Tell me. Dish. No. <laughs> I knew him as a kid. Tell me the story, Grandpa. He's tell older me. than me. I knew him as a kid. He was a fucking bitch back then. He's a bitch. Like, tell, <laughs> so Grandpa, tell me that story when that little girl kicked your ass. And he's like, sit down and tell you. Edward Furlong. Edward Furlong <laughs> kicked my ass in the seminary school. But so no female lead. That's, then, that's like, interesting. Yeah, so Paramount Pictures, you can write them letters. Uh, Fuck them, dude. So the, the Pet Cemetery 2 plot ended up being Edward Furlong playing his kid, Jeff. And uh, his uh, veterinarian Jeff, father, <laughs> this guy named Jeff, Jeff Anthony Edwards, fucking typical. They moved to Ludlow after <laughs> fucking Jeff's mom, who is an actress, dies in an onset accident, which is the stupidest way to start a movie. <laughs> and so he moves to Ludlow. Doesn't know anybody. He's sad. His mom's dead. He befriends. Uh, He's sad. His mom's dead. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, he befriends this kid Drew, who is the stepson of the town sheriff. They have run-ins with the school bully, and basically, like Drew's dog dies, they bury it in the pet cemetery. They realize, like, oh shit, you can bring shit back. So if anybody dies in this movie, they're gonna go to the pet cemetery, and hijinks ensue. What happens if you <laughs> bury like an apple pie or something? <laughs> it would come back as like a pumpkin pie. Like it's like the same thing, but not as good. <laughs> <laughs> if you buried a water burger, it would come back as a Carl's Jr. <laughs> I was waiting for him to say in and out. I was gonna knock him out. <laughs> there's, there's they got a new vegan burger. It's pretty dope. Who does? Carl's Jr. Vegan burger? Yeah, Beyond Burger. It's fucking black. Beyond. Speaking of Beyond. Hijinks ensue. Hijinks ensue. That's going to be like my catchphrase. Like whammy. Or like boom goes the dynamite. I'll just be yelling, hijinks ensue. And everybody's like, oh, the movie must be great. This movie is not great. The soundtrack has a lot of like early like alternative like just electric guitar track. It's Bush. No, they have it's they have like <laughs> no, they have fucking like Tracy Lords doing like her electronica music and like L seven and like fucking the fuck? Jesus and Mary Chain. Like, what? It has a yeah. It, that's the soundtrack. Banging soundtrack. <laughs> that is not a good soundtrack. Arguably not a good soundtrack. Other people might might agree with liking. Um, the redeeming points of this movie are very few, and they go as such: Clancy fucking Brown, like. If you don't know who Clancy Brown is, you know who he is. You've seen him. He played the Kurgan in Highlander, and he, he is fucking insane. He, 
Clancy Brown is actually the only three-dimensional character in the movie because he's kind of a dick. He's, like, really hard-nosed. He's hard on his, like, stepson, Drew, but he's affectionate towards the mother, and he just, like, wants what's best, but he's, yeah. like... Typical 90s stepdad. Yeah, he's, so he's... he's, he's he could be considered like a dick, but he's not really. He's just—he's just like a stern. Dad. He's a, yeah, he's—he's he's just very stern, but he's—he's not—he's not a dick. He's not you know cruel or mean to anybody, and he's—he's—he's he's, he's pretty good. He's the only one in the movie that tries for the main accent, which is nice. Eventually, he dies, and the the kids because they're kids bury him in the pet cemetery, and he comes back. And he's not, it's not like the first one where you got gays who's just like killing. He's actually like pretty cool. He's like a different dude for a while. He's actually, you know, a little bit nicer in some aspects. He kind of like switches roles. They come out, I guess, to try to focus on it being the opposite them. I guess so for a while. Eventually he just goes like pure evil, but he actually, you know, rapes the mom in a scene. So he's, he's more fucking like insane. Like his... Like, all his character choices are fucking crazy because he's, like, half funny. Like, he'll be, like, he'll, he's just fucking with people. Reminds me, in the, um, in the 1989, there's a story that Judd tells about Timmy Baderman who died in World War II and how his dad buried him and he came back to life. And they, like, kind of coexisted until people had to step in and, like, deal with it because he was just, like, fucking shit up and was, like, evil and, and there's problems. And this kind of it's cool because it's kind of like an insight if there was, like, a Timmy Baderman movie of, like, how it focused, because Gus, the sheriff, Clancy Brown, just kind of, like, is left to his own devices, like, kills off his family, like, turns his house into, like, this, like, literal slaughterhouse, and is just, like, chilling with, like, the evil dog, Zowie. That's a really good part of this movie. It has some good, like, special effects. That's what I remember. The dead looked way better in number two, but I guess there was only one dead person. I honestly enjoyed part two a lot more than the first one. I never liked the the, original Pet Cemetery. I think what screwed me up is the the setup. The setup for the plot, like before anything happens, is is just so cheese. The end is but, the end know. makes no sense and is stupid and cheesy. Oh. But like Clancy Brown is like in like there's when Clancy Brown's like chasing his family. There's like a huge like there's like a shot for shot almost of like the shining of him like chasing them. And it's yeah. Clancy Brown's pretty fucking good. And this is the only probably good thing I could say about the movie is if you need to watch a horror movie and Clancy Brown is worth watching it. He's, I will say he's a terrific antagonist, like really good, good, bad guy. And he's like really chilling. Like his voice is chilling. And yeah. Really- he's a, he's a big dude. He has like the classic voice. He's voiced over a lot of things. I'm sure he's been in a few cartoons. I think he's in like the Batman animated series or some shit like yeah. that. Yeah. He played a Viking and Pathfinder. He's been in a lot of stuff, but you just you would have to look him up to recognize him. Yeah. I think. So that's pretty much it for Pet Cemetery too. Whack! I just <laughs> did you want me to go longer? Pl- I just buttoned the mic up in my shirt. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, we can cut that part out. <laughs> yeah, I will. Um, all right. So that's it for Pet Cemetery. <laughs> God damn it! I got peanut butter in Rufus' mouth. Got pet thumbnail. I swear to God, it's the headset that's fucking me up. I think it's that Coke. I look, man. My Coke problem is none of your fucking business. My life's my life. Was that Bon Jovi's? Yeah. Fun boy. fact about Bon Jovi: he got his singing voice while mowing lawns as a youth. Sing over the lawnmower, learn how to sing. Really? It's a fact. Look it up. Fuck Bon Jovi, by the way. Here's another Bon Jovi fact. I got married at the same chapel he did in Las Vegas. No shit. Yes, You got married in Vegas? Yeah. Damn, dude. Did you win any money? No, I won the love of my life. He won something more than money. Priceless. I don't like it when you're sweet. 
I like it when you're a d- <laughs> It's weird when you're sweet. It throws me off. It won his bride's hand in marriage, something you can't put a price on. <laughs> so that's all I have for Pet Cemetery 2. So now we should talk about Pet Cemetery 2019, the new movie that just came out, the remake of the 1989 original that we all saw, and now we're going to discuss with our mouth hole. Remake. So if you saw the first Pet Cemetery, it's just like that, but different. <laughs> I mean, honestly, what what's yeah. wrong about what you just said? <laughs> okay, so 2019, it... Obviously, for the people who might not have seen it and don't care, and we're going to spoil it for you, there are some changes in the 1989 film. Obviously, the little boy, Gage, is the one hit by the truck, and then Lewis buries him. He comes back to life, and hijinks ensue! (laughs) And and this 2019 remake, it's obvious by the fucking trailers that Gage is not hit by the truck, but the older sister, Ellie, is hit by the truck. And she is buried. And that's probably one of the main things that was changed. But a lot of the scares and plot points were altered a little bit for obvious reasons. Because nobody wants to go see a shot for shot of the 1989 film. For our friends and listeners who don't know what a Wendigo is, I'm going to give you a little... Oh, yeah. Wendigo. 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 It's a mythological creature from the Algonquin Native Americans. It basically was... It's like a northern... like. Atlantic coast area and it's kind of like a deterrent slash punishment slash like cautionary tale to like kind of like ward people away from taboos uh, like greed consumption and like cannibalism because it's this large like stag headed horned like emaciated creature that like feeds on people and you can either like turn into it from like cannibalism or like in ravenous like in ravenous I guess yeah yeah, um, but it's like this horned creature, and like it's like rotting and decaying, and it, and and the whole thing of it is like if there is a Wendigo, the more that it eats, the bigger it gets, so it can never like be full. So you know, if it eats a whole bunch, it will like increase in size, so that the stomach will be like proportionate, so like it'll still just be empty, and it's just this ever-consuming kind of horrible existence. Also, kind of like an evil spirit you know, monster type thing. It's basically the Wendigo in the movie is supposed to be like the cause of why the burial ground works, why people are being brought back to life. Like the whole ground is sour thing. In the book, it goes into the whole like backstory of like the Wendigo came down and it like took up roost there and like destroyed the land. They, they, you know, the, the Native American peoples, they left and it had this influence over the land. So a lot of the bad luck and and misfortunes of that area and Stephen King is basically decimating New England in all his books but that's you know that area in Ludlow is caused by the Wendigo's influence and so he you know you bury something he's the one that brings it back to life he's the one controlling it that's why they're taking the bodies in this one which is not in the 1989 because Lewis was the one burying all the corpses to yeah. be reanimated. And this one, he makes it's, them do it. It's it, the already reanimated corpses making new corpses. Oh. So that's, oh, which is kind of to the point of Pet Cemetery Two. That's that's what I liked about Pet Cemetery Pet Cemetery Two was more so. Like the corpses making corpses. Corpses making corpses. Zombies making zombies. Yeah. They were led to do that. And like the Wendigo, you could see a lot of, in. like, there's a scene that supposedly has the Wendigo in this new movie. And it's like this, like, 60 foot tall horned creature. In the 1989, the Wendigo is never mentioned. But he's responsible for pretty much 
any kind of like draw towards the burial ground. Um, they even say like the trucks drive faster when they get to Ludlow just because they have that that compulsion. Mm-hmm. And so that's that's the whole the ground is sour, the Wendigo kind of influence in the movie. I'm just going to deep dive right into spoiling it. Do you want – is that a deep dive? <laughs> or is it just a spoiler? Wrong. I really like the, the way they uh, made this movie. I honestly enjoyed the remake a lot better than the original. I was not a fan of the original. Be- because One of the main was, reasons it, is – It's a dog shit movie. It doesn't hold Gage, up. Like, Gage was awful. I, I don't give a fuck about it, little zombie boy. I mean, it reminded me of uh, the crazy kid and uh, what was that fucking movie, Peter Jackson movie? A fucking Dead Alive? Yeah, Dead Alive with a little fucking baby. Like, that's all I thought about when I fucking saw that movie. Number one. (laughs) Number one. (laughs) Why it's a lot better than the original. Okay, let's do it. Go. Uh, It's a lot more modern. It fits a lot. No shit. It fits well (laughs) to modern day a lot better. Yeah. And also, I think they the did 1989 re- was that was super 1989. No, it wasn't. Yeah, um, maybe the actors. <laughs> yeah, <It> was, <laughs> see, the 1989. You got to think about they were yeah, using it was better. The, the entire cast was television. Who talks like actors. that? People in Maine. People in Maine talk like that. But the entire cast was like TV actors. I've never been to Maine, and I've never met anybody from Maine. But I'm pretty sure they don't talk like they that. They do because uh, um, because. Uh, because uh, they do. <laughs> so what would you like better? About what I really one? liked about this Compared. movie that I felt that they improved on a lot in the first one is the whole wearing of the masks and the ritual of burying the pets was creepy. I really liked the way the wife's sister dies. Zelda? Yeah. In the dumb waiter, that was. I good. thought that was pretty fucking. When good. When they had the flash, or like, I guess not a flashback, but the vision with the medicine cabinet, yeah, where she opens it, and it was just like, and she falls, and it's like boom, boom, and it just like switches. That was cool. I fucking that would scare me if I wasn't already dead inside. The first guy that died that he tried to save that they brought him, Pascal, Pascal, Victor Pascal. The part that I didn't like about it in the original was that that character was very cheesy. And it just didn't fit to me in the original movie. It took away its creepiness by having him in there kind of reminded me of Large Marge from the fucking Pee Wee movie, really. <laughs> They're both in a semi-truck eventually. Yeah. yeah eventually. Large yeah. Marge. <laughs> <laughs> but I, I really enjoyed what they did with this movie. I liked it a lot more than the original, like I've said seven times already. No shit. So, so if you had to rate it, what would you rate this movie? Overall, I'd say it's, you know, seven out of ten. Okay. Yeah. Yeah. What if? Okay. What about out of a hundred, a scale of a hundred, like a hundred percent being perfect? What would you rate it? Seventy-three. Seventy-three percent. Oh, seventy-three. Okay. Yeah. I see how you extrapolated that. <laughs> you want to talk something, Hunter? You want yeah. to say something? You I thought we were going something? around the table. What are we doing? We're going around the table, Hunter. Start talking about the movie you love. So here's so here are my thoughts on the movie. I thought it was kind of equal to the older movie. In that they were both called Pet Cemetery. No. Here's the thing. Like, You're I'm right. A, I'm in the same modern. camp. I'm in the same camp as you are. Yeah. When we'll get to that. It's my turn to talk, so. <laughs> Shut up. I got Can you. I finish? Go. So Start I think talking. they're about equal. And here's why. There were things that I really fundamentally did not like about the original Pet Cemetery, and there's things that I fundamentally don't like about this movie. The first one was boring. Fuck you. You're right. 
it really, that's that's very true. It was boring up until the end, and even at the end, I didn't like Gage. Like Gage was not scary. He wasn't dead enough looking, and it just kind of came off cheesy. Like I think most people will agree with this, but the whole appeal to Pet Cemetery is the idea. It's nostalgia. Yeah. I don't. No. 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 I. I, I just don't think that. Even back then, now correct me if I'm wrong, people that are older and saw it in theaters, but I can't see anybody seeing this movie for the first time and thinking like, oh shit, that was like a fucking fantastic movie. The concept is good. I still don't think the concept of Pet Cemetery, the book, was executed as good as it could be. I will give you this. This movie, I do think it is better than the original in the fact that it's consistent. The other, the old movie, not very consistent. Like it had like really over the top parts, but for the most part, it was kind of a mixed bag of, of, of just stuff. So this newer movie was fairly consistent. You could follow it along really easily. And it was just kind of a whole cohesive tone, a whole cohesive experience. One thing I will say about the older movie over this one, I did not like how Zelda died in the dumb waiter. That's where you're wrong. <laughs> so, and that's my right to be wrong. It's not. That's, it's that's, not, that's my God given right. You're not wrong because it's an opinion. He's just he's just bullying, dude. Stand I know, up. I know. He's stand up, dude. Stand up. I just can't. It's your opinion. He's, he's giving me those eyes. Opinions <laughs> aren't those, wrong or right. Those puppy dog bullying eyes. He's just like you're stupid. You're, you're uh, Eric, so, Eric Hunter, speak your truth. Go. So I'm going to speak my truth, okay? Speak your truth, brother. So so the deal is That's Zelda right. was not scary in this new movie. She was not. She was fucking terrifying in the camp fest that was the 1989 version. True that. This version, not scary. Not scary at all. Word. It's fucking insensitive. Yeah. Yeah, I enjoyed the Zelda <laughs> from the 1989 more. That was the only scary part of the original is her, her character. Yeah, You're the- right. Yeah. But they did it better in the original. Honestly, if the Zelda part was scarier, I truly would have liked it quite a bit more. That could have sent it over the top for me. So why do all the people that die, like, see the future in this movie? Yeah. So the Wendigo thing, the whole, like, moving force behind the whole pet cemetery thing. Gosh. (laughs) The whole moving force behind it. Is way better in the remake. Yes. Because it's, the, it's, it's Overall, consistent. this movie's way better than the original. Honestly, and really, you're kind of right because the only bad part is Judd. I fucking hated Judd in this movie. I Why? really didn't like him. I Why? didn't think he was a good act, act, uh, actor choice at all. And he's a big part of the movie. So if they would have cast somebody more like the original Judd and fixed. Zelda and made her creepy and terrifying. The movie literally would have been like an eight. That was a big fault in this movie because in the original, he knew he knew more exactly what was going to fucking happen if you buried dead people. Yeah. Uh, whereas this guy had no clue. I mean, in the original, he's kind of a dick for making the guy bury yeah. the fucking cat knowing what's going to happen. Yeah. But in this one, he kind of explains, you know, my dog was an asshole, so I just thought that's why he was a bigger asshole when he came back but your cat was cool and i thought it'd still be cool so you know you could play off some of the innocence there as to why he had him bury the cat in the first place 
But I would have liked that he would have known a little bit more about what happens when you bury people. I didn't like Judd. He, I don't understand why his face was so heavy in makeup and weathered and why he was just... I guess because you can't fill like Fred Gwynn's shoes. But I like the fact that Fred Gwynn... He was a size 18. Was he was a huge dude? Do you see how big that dude was? Yeah. I bet he, I bet he fucking, I bet he had a size eighteen, and I bet he was swinging a donkey dick like <laughs> massive thigh slapper. Yeah, because it's down to his knees. <laughs> Tripod. <laughs> but like, like you can't redo that we character. Had to, we had to have a, some kind of dick talk. I'll dick talk. I'll come t- on. It's time for dick talk. Dick talk. That's, a, that's <laughs> our other dick podcast. Talk. is gonna be it. I'm hunting. Welcome to dick talk. <laughs> um, I like the Judd in the 1989 because like he's a quiet old man. His house seems lived in. He seems true, and he's he just is this wealth of information where he's like an old man just telling these stories, talking about Timmy Baderman. How like hey, you know when I said you know never nobody ever buried a human up there. Guess what? They did bury a human up there, <gasps> and it came back. He had these stories, and he like he was giving you everything you needed. And in this remake, he's just this, like this sad old man who, died. who just seems yeah. like he's led around by the Wendigo because they're going to bury the cat. And then he's all like, huh, let's go over here and bury it all on this uh, deadfall. And it's just because Ellie was the first person to touch his heart in a long time. He said it. Yeah, it's, which actually adds to your point because he really it, is just like a sad He's old, a sad, yeah, broken guy. old fucking dude. And, like, you know, obviously he misses his wife. He's always, he like... This is human interaction. Yeah, and so, Still like... Has pictures up and shit. Who keeps what? a picture of their dead wife? Thank you. That's why they have closets. Cantarian demons. My favorite part is when the wife asks Judd, uh, they said our property comes with 50 acres? So it's like all that shit ours or what? Yeah, that's yours. He's like more than you even want to know. <laughs> <Yeah>. Ooh. <laughs> Who buys that? Ominous Who? answer. Fifty fucking acres. <laughs> like, yeah. All that shit's yours. Like, don't even ask. <laughs> He's like, how many acres you got, Judd? I got like I got like two. I got dick. two acres. Fucking dick. Yeah, I know it's a fucking <laughs> dick move. Te- technically you own my property. <laughs> Please don't kick me off. Uh, Judd, the storyteller, like in this one, Lewis has to find all that out on the internet. And then they mention the Timmy Baderman story, but he just kind of like mumbles past it. I think they knew filling Fred Gwynn's shoes was not going to work. So they tried to, to like reimagine Judd. Yeah, I think like. I mean, he was a hell of a baseball player with the Padres. What? Fred Gwynn. He's a baseball player. Was Padres. he? Yeah, dude. Oh, it's Tony Gwynn. Never mind. <laughs> <laughs> One last thing, though, that really would have sent it over the top for me. Pascal. I think the opposite to what you were saying about Pascal. I thought in the original he was very creepy. And in the I beginning. Liked- but then he stopped being creepy. Then it's just an ongoing joke. Is he supposed to be creepy or a plot device? But he's both. I thought he was creepy because the actor was like sinister creepy. Like he's wearing short shorts. Yeah, and like he looked like eyes. nuts. This Pascal was like creepy, creepy. Like he looked like a zombie, and he wasn't. He was barely in the movie. They didn't use him as a plot device. I actually liked when they used him as a plot device in the original. And by the way, the new movie did, did the initial death scene. Way fucking better. Where his fucking brain's exposed and, and then just... Fu- he looks awesome. He's like season. He's like kind of like... He was yeah, awesome. he's like season out. He looks fucking creepy as shit he when he's doing well it. seasoned. But every other part where he's in the movie, it's just like... He doesn't say shit. 
Like the other one had a lot more dialogue, and I I enjoyed that more. I get it though. I get, I get why they did that. They had to change it up. But long story short, I I would say now that you mention it, I really do like this one more than the original. And honestly, if they combined all of the original elements that I liked in the first one to this one, it probably would have been a perfect movie, like a perfect Pet Cemetery. Man, they should have fucking say about consulted that. you first. I know, dude. Honestly, it's little stuff, though. It's always a little thing. I know. <laughs> so it's my turn. Yeah. I feel like I'm going like, to seem like an asshole. Go ahead and bore us to death. <laughs> I could just be like the like gore bore, like, why well, I bore you to death on that stupid shit. <laughs> The Gorbore Corner. The Gorbore Corner. Um, things I liked about this movie uh, and things I hated about this movie. I didn't like Church the Cat. I didn't like, yeah, I didn't like Church like, either. Th- I, I think that was kind of like a whole, because that cat is more iconic, I think, than anything in Pet Cemetery or anything anybody knows about Pet Cemetery. The 1989 Church cat, that was short blue hair. Was yeah. infinitely more, and, they, and they, they shine lights in his eyes to make his eyes glow the whole film, yeah. which they just didn't do in this one. It's just this like nasty, raggedy, tabby cat. If they would have changed the eyes, or at least like made them saturated, or uh, something yeah, like, like computer, that. you know, skills to do that now, and you could just, I could see it definitely being like an artistic choice. Of, like, a director being, like, I want, like, a ratty-looking cat. I want this cat to look like it's, like, nappy and, like, brought out of the dirt. So I could see that, but I didn't care for that. I liked the inclusion of the Wendigo. The fact that, you know, that's explained. Did not like the ending to this movie. Well... It was very new school horror ending. Well, that's the thing. That's why I walked away from it being like, uh, it's about the same. If they would have ended it a different way, then I probably would have liked it more. But I like it and I don't because... It, when I see them all walking up, the whole family just walking up all undead, I'm just like, oh, that's kind of cheesy. But but then, it's like, like let's you realize, bring everybody back from hell. When you realize that it's the whole family coming up to this fucking baby, they're about to fucking kill this baby and convert kill this baby, baby into a zombie. When I think about that, like, what's going to happen, I'm like, okay, that's pretty crazy. It just seems to like, slick rock star. I think they were there were multiple endings. They I think they shot... Two or three different endings for the movie, and that's what they went with. So I'm I'm pretty sure there's going to be alternate endings on like a Blu-ray that eventually comes out. Yeah. From what I've read about it, the choice of making Ellie the zombie child and having her being able to be like self-aware and have like a dialogue and be like more menacing as opposed to Gage also changed like how the ending would go. Like once you make Ellie come back instead of Gage. You've just changed, like, there's no way you can, like, do the original ending. You just changed the whole fucking thing. A lot of this movie seemed forced, like, it's the only way you could do it. You gotta keep Gage alive and kill Ellie to have anything. You can't have fucking a cool Judd because you had a badass Judd, so just make it a broken Judd. <laughs> I was torn on the Pascal. I was torn on the Zelda. I actually like the fact that Zelda played a bigger role because it explained Rachel's apprehension to, like, Death and not explaining death yeah. to her children. Like, that was a good fucking subplot that yeah. wasn't in the original. Because the original had a lot of fucking realistic plot holes, you know? Had a lot of plot holes. Fucking or Zelda like, in the original. act like real people in the original. The, the fucking original Zelda was like the Phoebe Cates gremlin story where she just like sits down and like tells like this crazy fucking story. And yeah. then like that's and she's it. she's just totally straight faced. She's just like, hmm. And you're just like, what the fuck did I just see? Yeah. yeah there was really no point to it in the original. Yeah, there's fucking yeah, no exactly. point. Yeah, exactly. It, it was, was just, it was just to be like the scariest, most fucked up thing in the movie. Yeah. 
And Which then, is, it shouldn't have been if it since it's just you know like what a, we're going through. Let me tell you a little story. Like if if you could combine 1989 and 2019, it'd be like the perfect film. So like I'm kind of in the same camp as you as where like I think it's as good as the 1989. It, granted, it's like it's it's slicker because it's it's obviously it's a new movie. Yeah, I would have liked a budget. little bit more grit because because it kind of felt like insidious. Like like if they would have made it more like grit city <laughs> if the tone was just a little bit different yeah it, if you can like it replaced the camp of the 1989 with like just the slickness of like new school if you combine the two movies this would be a perfect movie yeah that's what i like believe. a lot of people were expecting like the it treatment and i think that's, that's what, what i was expecting what the the why the box office was so big because people were expecting like the it treatment but it, it, it kind of got like the carry remake treatment that's very true it did get the carry like there's <laughs> even if you think about the ending it's like a lot because a lot of people are going to get upset because they had a they had, you know the achilles heel scene like that you know, they set it up and then they like bait and switch and i could see a lot of people get mad it can't be the same movie like how are you gonna how are you expecting to scare people that are gonna know like a classic through and through speaking of that i really love that ellie is like the embodiment of the windingo spirit like you know how she can become and transform like judd's dead wife's face like on her face yeah it's fucking nuts that was they had that in the um one of the scarier scenes in the original where rachel is going into judd's house to like because you know gage is there and she's a she's confronted with her sister who like rushes the camera which fucking scared me as a kid because any yes, creepy that, thing charging you is the like the worst and they kept thing the camera a, like in a fucking weird like fish eye and then she just like ran over yeah so it's not that's, just a zombie there's like a supernatural element to these things yeah. and that's all credit to the wendigo a lot of Easter eggs in this movie. A lot of Easter eggs. There's a traffic jam, and mm-hmm. they, there's a, sound, a, a sign for, like, Derry, which is the town yeah. from It. Judd was telling somebody about Cujo, an, an, another Stephen King book and film adaptation. If you don't know Stephen King, all his books take place in the shared universe in New England. In Maine. In Maine. <laughs> much. And yeah, th- that area. And so in the book, they talk about they talk about Cujo. He's like, there's a big rabies problem here. And he talks about the film Cujo. And he talks about hints to other things. A bull that was brought back to life, which is uh, another nod to the book where the dude, like, buried his prized bull. And it was supposed to be, like, in the book, it's the worst things to ever come back. It yeah. would, like, charge anything and eventually just, like fucked its head up so much from charging that they had like put it down and it was like no one knows how the fuck he got a bull up there but he did and it came back and like fucking raised some shit in the town so in this movie I'm, i i was i was looking for these things and it everything the shiny. King is- i've heard talks of already like depending on the success of the movie is like a prequel if they're doing a prequel they could touch on that timmy baderman story which they updated in this one instead of a world war ii veteran He's a Vietnam, or I guess not veteran, but he's a casualty of war. So I which guess is, which is pretty much the same 60s. concept as what Pet Cemetery is based on, which is the monkey's paw. Like y'all know about the monkey's paw story, right? You wish it, and then it flips you off, and then something happens bad about that wish. Yeah, I think the Simpsons. The Simpsons, I know. yeah. We all know The Simpsons. Kind of, exactly, yeah, the Simpsons exactly The Simpsons. Off. We're talking about The Simpsons. We're talking about The Simpsons now. So, the turkey's a little dry. <laughs> <laughs> no! So The Monkey's Paul, if you don't know what that is, it's an old fable where a family, it's a you know husband, wife, son, and the son is off to war. 
somehow they get a monkey's paw. I think they buy it from like a consignment store and the paw is supposed to have some, you know, magical powers. It'll grant you some wishes. So they have this and they're like, well, we don't believe this is going to work. And they get notification that their son is missing in action and is presumed dead. And so they're just fucking crushed. And I think it's the mom. The mom just ends up wishing on the monkey's paw. And then the son comes back just like how Gage came back in the original 1989 version. He looks dead. He's covered in dirt and everything. And it's really horrifying. And then that's the end of the monkey's paw fable. It's like they don't come back the same. Fun fact. That's actually what Jordan Peele's production company is named after. The Monkey's Paw Productions, named after that fable. What? Yeah. I'm kind of relieved to talk about a movie this week that doesn't have, like, high symbology. Yeah. But it's chock full of Easter eggs. So. Yeah. Nice change of pace, for sure. But I liked it. I enjoyed it. It was probably one of the better movies I've seen. Yeah, any of the better r- remakes... For sure, like it's uh, it's it's up there. If this was the original Pet Cemetery movie, like they didn't have an original one, I don't know if I'd like it as much as I do. But compared to how bad the first one actually is, it yeah, it's better. I mean, yeah, they go hand in hand. They're crappy if they stand alone. <laughs> yeah, they, the thing is, in the original, I don't know if y'all will agree, but the only good actor was Judd. That's it. Everybody Very else was so. a garbage actor, yeah. except for Zelda. Whoever played Zelda. That was dope. It was a stunt. Oh, Pascal. Yeah, yeah, he was all right. The worst was the mother in the first the one. The mother and the dad. He the was, dad was all right. The mother no. was just he, fucking he got, He's like, I hate, what's his fucking face? In the new one, Jason Clark. Who the fuck's? Lewis, Lewis Creed, the main character, the dad, Lewis yeah. Creed. Oh, I, 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 I do not, not fucking like him. I wish they would have got anybody else. He was in Winchester, remember? He basically played the same character. He, just, he drank in Winchester. <laughs> he, like I like I do not like him. The casting of the new Pet Cemetery. Maybe it's just all bad, except for maybe Ellie, who's a child that can act. Fucking, I love that lazy eye. That little fucked up eye. <laughs> fucking love that. that. They did fantastic. Ellie way better than they ever could have done Gage back in like yeah. 1989. Even in 1989, like it was like a Chucky puppet for half the like the fight scene. So like that's <laughs> that's one of those things where like it works. No, they literally had a good guy doll on set. It was it, nuts. It, it works in a book because like. You use your mind. And it, you <laughs> can't would, use your mind in a movie. You nope. can't use your mind in a fucking movie. You got to fucking show it. You got to show it. It's either you're going to have like a CGI Gabe doing like ninja flips out of the attic. Hell yeah. But, uh, you know what I've been wondering is if in the book, because none of us have read the book, I don't think. Maybe they intentionally wrote that entire family to be extremely boring. From, why don't you read the book and tell us? Uh, maybe I will. It's probably just supposed to be your everyday wholesome family corrupted, which is like all Stephen King does is like yeah, presents you this like normal family and then like corrupts it. That's a good point. Yeah. Anything else we have to say about it? That's all I have to say about it. It's that. decent. It's not the best. But is it worth a... Like, uh, what it comes down to is... Fuck yeah, watch it. It's good. I, th- I think so. If you were disappointed by the original, watch this one. If you liked the original, give this one a shot still. I'm disappointed by each for different reasons. Me too, me too. But you look You're on the negative never side satisfied. I already said I liked it. It was not as... I heard no... I heard zero good reviews about Pet Cemetery 2019. I've, I haven't seen really? one good... Really? I yet. have... I haven't, nobody I've talked to and none of the things that I've seen, all I heard was like, it's a box office smash, but I've not heard anybody say anything good about it. And I was, so I went with like low, low hopes because I knew it was going to suck. And it was a lot better than, like, I've seen some shit, dog shit reviews for it. I went into it expecting like a 
pretty fucking good remake. And you and got it. Honestly, yeah. I, just not in the way that I was expecting, if that makes sense. Like, could have had know. more Ramones. <laughs> well, that was kind of fucked up that they cut the whole. He no. was listening to the Ramones when he fucking He's hit the baby. Oh, was uh, he listening to? Yeah, Sheena was texting him. Yeah, he got a call from Sheena. Sheena. Uh, yeah, and then in the 1989 film, the truck driver was distracted because he was speeding and listening to the Ramones. Sheena's a punk rocker, and then 2019, uh, the truck driver is distracted by getting like a text or a call from a girl from named Sheena. Sheena, which is kind of just like an Easter egg nod. And then they end the film, you know, in credits with Pet Cemetery by the Ramones, but it's a cover star star crawler who's blowing up right now really yeah i've, I've never, never heard, heard of them, them. they what, what they had they? a couple of hits and they were on like the a distillers tour not too oh, long ago. okay i like there's a psycho billy band called hellcat and the prowl that does a badass pet cemetery which i recommend more actually, than hell yeah, the fucking fuck star yeah, bro. crawler fuck yeah, bro. but uh I thought it was an okay movie. I'm torn. I'm, I'm basically torn. I like the movie. Uh, they gave us free posters when we went to the movie theater, which pretty much like solidified that. Yeah, merch. Yeah. yeah, merch seals the deal. Yeah, like um. By the way, if if y'all want some merch, we're gonna be at Texas Friday weekend. Let us know if you want some merch. Where are you gonna get merch? You make I mean, merch? if you want some buttons, I can make buttons all day. Just let us know you're going, and we'll meet up, and I'll give you some buttons and stuff. You can pass them to your friends. Nice. Pass them out. All right. So I guess that's all for Pet Cemetery in general. Next episode, we're going to be doing La Llorona. Hopefully, Elliot can do some research on some myths. Yeah. Because I, um, I come from a Spanish-speaking family. I already know a lot about La Llorona. He does. You ever been Do a you fucking? Really? You ever been on a fucking boat in Panama and like one of your fucking cousins drops the oh, La Llorona right. bomb got, on you? Yeah, it's yeah. I fucking I shit my pants. We went to a river that day. I mean, is your mom from Panama? She's born in Panama. Yeah, yeah. Spanish is spoken in my family. What? I'm learning a lot about you. I get today. birthday cards in Spanish all the fucking time. Like birthday cards, Feliz Cumpleaños and stuff. We get it. You got a lot of people that love you. I have right? an abuelita who's my grandmother. She's super old. She's She'll forget, and she'll just speak Spanish to you. <laughs> oh, yeah? Because she's so old. Um, <laughs> he laughs because she's so old. <laughs> she's so fucking... But she's going to live to be... I, have a, I also have a, my great-grandmother. Her name is uh, Mama Waka, because it's uh, Joaquina. Her name is Joaquina. Joaquina? Mama Waka. Oh, my God. Her ghost visited my mother twice. Whoa. Yeah. Was she creepy? Because ghosts are supposed to be creepy. My so, mom yeah. said no. She said she was just like there, and then she not was real, like, What's not up? a real ghost. Didn't really. Gotta be creepy. Gotta be creepy. Gotta be creepy. So yeah, hey, uh, if you don't know, we're on Instagram. No, say, uh, once again, no, say, at say, Cult of Horror TX. Say join the cult. Join <laughs> the cult. Join the cult. Matt, don't say it like a respect. Say it like sell it. Like <laughs> it's impossible. Hey guys, for me can you join it. the cult, please? Guys, <laughs> hey, 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 join my cult. Hey, no, but. Uh, yeah, <laughs> if you want to join a cult, join ours. All right, so to join the cult, give us a like on Instagram or follow us on Instagram. What's the address? Instagram.com slash cult of horror TX. Uh, like us on Facebook, uh, Facebook slash cult of horror. Uh, we are on Spotify, Apple Podcasts. Google Podcast, and then uh, Stitcher, we've had a little bit of a problem. We're working on it. We're, we're, we're getting it up. Uh, please l- let us know what you think. Please rate 
review, subscribe, tell a friend. Give us a rating on iTunes. That really helps us out. Uh, We would appreciate that. Um, And I I guess that's it. Name our tagline. I don't know. What's the tagline? You know, maybe like an outro tagline. What's that? that. Just join the cult. Hey, everybody, feel free to join the cult on Instagram. And you say all this shit. You do it. I don't know the addresses. Yeah, you do. I just told you. I forgot. Yes. Write them down and I'll do it next time. All right. I will. We're wrapping it up. Um, like skipping the hopper. See y'all next time. Uh, <laughs> they can't see weeks. us, you dumb fuck. See you next time in the cold. <laughs> that doesn't make sense. <laughs> we don't have good outros. This is just it. I remember when I was a teenager and some guy introduced me to Nick Cave in the bad seats. <laughs> He's like, you like the doors, right? <laughs> Not really. Well, you're going to love this. <laughs> For fans of Nick Cave, I recommend Hunter. Hunter and Eric are in a Nick Cave cover band called uh, Red Ripe Man. <laughs> Red Ripe Man. <laughs> it's a it's an autobiography of my life.